Welcome to Healthy Wealthy You, where we'll continue to explore all aspects of functional medicine and good health. We'll help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. Now, here is your host, Dr. Camille Vardy. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille. So today, let's get back to the medical side of things and talk about one of the most important uh, and most common health concerns, which is energy. Almost every new patient that I see reports that they'd like to have more energy. And this is really an issue that has so many ways to look at it. I can't just say, oh, try this one product and your energy will be wonderful and all your problems will be solved and your life will be great. There are so many reasons why people have low energy. And sometimes the same person may have multiple reasons. So what I want to share with you today is more of a roadmap, a breakdown of the kinds of things that you can look at if you're feeling low energy. And I really like this topic today because it can give you some insights into how a functional medicine doctor like myself will think about problems and how we approach issues in a very methodical way. Now, energy is such an important place to start with this because we've been talking for the last few weeks about changing our lives. And when we talk about living our best life, it's easy to have that feeling of being overwhelmed and to say, I don't have time. I'm just barely keeping up with what I have. I can't do anything extra. But it isn't just about time. It's about what we do with our time. It's whether we have anything left in the tank at the end of the day. Do we just reach the end of the day and collapse in front of the TV, settle in with a beer or a glass of wine and say, enough now, Then we fall into a sleep that's not really that refreshing, and we start off with another caffeinated day. Now, that's normal for a lot of people, but month after month, year after year, it's harder and harder to sustain that as a lifestyle. So let's talk about real energy. Bounce out of bed, enjoy your life energy. Yes, it's real and it's possible, even if it seems far away at the moment. Um, but it's not simple. It's not at all simple. So let's look at functional medicine and how we would want to think about that. So first of all, I just want to look at how a standard general practitioner doctor would look at it. Um, They would run the two most standard blood tests that there are. One is called a CBC, a complete blood count, and then they would look at a metabolic panel. Now, the first one, the CBC, looks at red and white blood cells. The red blood cells tell you um, how well your body is bringing oxygen and nutrition to the cells. So, yes, that's absolutely crucial. And it's it's one of the first it's pretty much the first one I would run also. Um, The white blood cells would tell us how our immune system is doing. Is it fighting something? And that's also important. It's a good screen to tell us, you know, if there are any serious diseases. Now, the metabolic panel will also tell us things like how our liver and kidneys are doing, what our blood sugar is doing, things like that. So it gives us a good sense of general organ function. 
Now, those are great, no question. And again, I would start with those two. But the problem is that a lot of general practitioners might stop there. Unless you're persistent, they might tell you, oh, go exercise more, get some sleep, and send you on your way. They might even tell you that you're just getting older and that this is normal. Um, The functional medicine approach is really different. We love to gather information. We test everything that could be relevant to a problem until we find the right issue or the right combination of issues. Now, that's not to say that we're going to put you through a zillion tests all at once. I, for one, prefer to be very methodical with what I test and what I treat, doing it in layers, testing the most important things first, seeing where we get with that, treating that, giving that a little time. And then if we haven't gotten enough of a result, if we haven't gotten all the result we want, if you haven't reached all your goals, then I might test for more things and treat for more things. Um, um, I'm not someone, and I, ooh, this is really strong for me. I'm not someone who wants to send you out with a big bag of supplements, 10 or 15 things, and then you have no sense of what has made you better If there's a side effect, we don't know what has made you worse. So I really like to be very methodical with what I test and what I treat, or we lose important information along the way. So I'm only going to give people usually a couple of supplements at a time, maybe one or two things, maybe three, and we see how that goes. And then we work layer by layer. So as we're looking at any health issue, we have to look at two sides of the equation. Sometimes we need to look at adding something, and sometimes we need to look at taking something away. Now, almost always in our medical profession, um, in our standard medical profession, we they pretty much look at suppressing symptoms. They want to stop some process. They want to take something away. And that's because medical schools are still quite focused, <laughs> maybe even more than ever, on pharmaceuticals. And pharmaceuticals generally are focused on stopping something from happening, suppressing a symptom, or taking away some kind of physiological process. In many medical schools, still, nutrition is an elective course. So adding something that's missing is very rarely done. And unfortunately, as you've heard me say before, a lot of times this has to do with money because a multivitamin is not something that, you know, I mean, that's something that's cheap um, and they can charge you a lot more for pharmaceuticals. So unfortunately, that is the state of our medicine today. Now, getting back to energy, energy is one of the few times that they might look at nutrition. Like for instance, maybe they might look at an iron supplement um, if you have anemia. And this is pretty commonly done, so I will give credit for that, but um, but it isn't comprehensive by any means. There are so many nutrients that affect energy, and we're going to look at, at some of these things today. Now, one of the first things that I would do if you were to come to see me is to run a complete nutrition test so we could see which nutrients are low. So we can pretty easily test your vitamins, your minerals, 
um, and see, you know, what might be making a difference. We can even look at certain enzymes and antioxidants as they can play an important role in the energy cycle too. Now, another thing that's possible is that we can test the levels in your body of all the chemicals that are needed to make energy. Now, this is an amazing thing that didn't exist like 15 years ago. Energy is made in ourselves in a structure called the mitochondria. And a chemical reaction happens in the mitochondria that goes in a cycle, and it's supposed to be continuous, recycling on itself all day, every day. And by testing the levels of each of the chemicals in this cycle, we can test to see where the bottlenecks are, the places where things aren't moving on to the next step as well as they should be. Now, I mentioned both of these tests at the same time, the nutrition test and the mitochondria test, because they really are very related in their function. And sometimes I might test one, and sometimes I might test the other, and sometimes it's good to test both. Now, the reason they're so interrelated, these two tests, is that the things that help the chemical reaction cycling, what makes those wheels turn, are our vitamins and minerals. So that's why when something is missing, even one key nutrient, it can bog down the whole process. So let's look at that cycle and let's look at some of those key nutrients because I think this is just super fascinating and just super important. Now, to even get this process started, we need to be able to take the carbohydrates we eat and get them into the energy cycle. And hopefully hopefully we're eating good carbohydrates, whole grains and fruits and all that, and not cake, but um, any carbohydrates will feed into this cycle. So the first nutrient that we need um, to get carbohydrates into the cycle is magnesium. Now we could spend a whole show talking about magnesium and there are entire books written about it, um, but a few clues that might indicate that you that, that there is a magnesium deficiency would be that in addition to the fatigue, you might have muscle spasms, poor sleep, stress, and anxiety. There might be blood sugar issues, uh, diabetes, for example. And then the classic one, very, very common, is constipation. So if you see that whole profile together, that might be a sign that you have a magnesium deficiency and that magnesium deficiency is is blocking the cycle and preventing your energy. And that's how we're going to look at each of these nutrients. So next on my list is vitamin B1. It's also called thiamine. Now, this is such an interesting and underestimated vitamin. It was actually the first vitamin in history to be written about in a medical text. And that was back in China in the 7th century. There was a really famous doctor by the name of Sun Simao, and he observed that when rich people started eating polished white rice rather than unpolished brown rice, they started having neurological diseases. And he was a neurologist and studied uh, neuro neurology quite extensively. Now, of course, in the seventh century, he didn't know exactly what the nutrient was, but it was the first time in history that anyone linked the, the observation of nutrition to specific diseases. Now, B1 is interesting for a really important reason. 
The recommended daily allowance of of B1 is 1.2 milligrams. And that is so low. It it they they actually say that no one in modern society is deficient in B1 because it's so easy to get one milligram from from food sources, including meat and whole grains. And they say that the only people who have vitamin B1 deficiency are people in starving countries. And they give it, it's an exotic disease called beriberi that we never diagnose in this country. But if we look at the symptoms of vitamin B1 deficiency, it's all over the place. The first one is heart disease. And that's a really big one. So with all the people that have heart disease, I mean, we we test cholesterol in intricate detail. We test all kinds of things, but we don't ever test B1 deficiency in people with heart disease or predisposition to heart disease. Another one that's indicated with B1 deficiency are nerve abnormalities, brain abnormalities, symptoms such as irritability, poor sleep memory issues. There could be issues with tingling, numbness, and pain. Yeah, no one in modern society has any of these problems, right? (laughs) Now, another one is lymphatic system issues. So uh, fluid retention, swelling, we can also see all of this with B1. Now, here's another reason why this nutrient is even more important is that there's a chemical found in coffee tea and chocolate that depletes our vitamin B1. And almost almost everybody I know has those things. Now, um, there are a lot of people that, that, you know, have low energy, they can't get this low energy cycle. And so they start with caffeine in the morning. And so they're compensating with the very thing that's causing the vitamin B1 deficiency in the first place. Now, the new good news is I'm not asking you to give up your chocolate. It's easy just to try a B1 supplement. Now, even more interesting about B1 is I mentioned that the recommended daily allowance is 1.2 milligrams. And it's hard, if you look at it, it's hard to find a supplement that's less than 100 milligrams. And that seems to make no sense, except that 100 milligrams is actually a lot closer to what we actually need. Now, the first time that I tested my own nutritional status about 15 years ago, I tested horribly low in B1. And I do have to admit to you, I love, love, love my black tea in the morning. So it's really no big surprise. So at the time, I took a 50 milligram supplement thinking, well, that's 40 times the recommended daily allowance. And absolutely nothing happened. So I just figured that, well, maybe that particular deficiency really wasn't that important for me, even though I had tested low. Then years later, I read an article that people were testing um, high doses of vitamin B1 for heart disease. They were using like 200 milligrams, 300 milligrams a day. So I thought, well, wow, that's interesting. Let me push the dose up and see. Well, I tried 200 milligrams a day and magic happened for me. My energy went up and even better, my mental clarity shot right up. So it isn't just which nutrient, but also it's getting the right amount that matters. And what that might be can be unique to you. 
Now, the next nutrient in that energy cycle in the mitochondria um, is B6. And this nutrient is so important. It's a cofactor in so many chemical reactions in our bodies, not just energy. It's crucial for nerve function. It's important in anemia. It's important for a process called methylation, which is a really global process in the body that affects a lot of things. It Methylation helps us deal with allergies. It breaks down histamine. It also breaks down a chemical called homocysteine, which is the inflammation in our cardiovascular system. So um, B6 is really important for preventing heart disease. Um, methylation is also important for liver detoxification. It's important for brain function and how we process our neurotransmitters and our hormones. So deficiency of B6 can lead to confusion and depression. It affects our immune system. It can lead to skin issues. Some obvious signs of B6 deficiency include cracks and sores on the lips and mouth, particularly like right at the corners of the mouth, also a swollen tongue. So this is a key nutrient, and it's one of the many reasons that taking a really high-quality multivitamin on a regular basis can be important. They always have B6. Next on the list of our energy cycle is zinc. And zinc has a key role in immunity. We often turn to zinc lozenges when we're coming down with something. Now, the reason that zinc is so important is because it's um, it's a key nutrient in how we make proteins and how we translate our genetic blueprint when we're making new cells. And that includes our immune cells, which need to reproduce themselves quickly and with the right structure to be strong and tough, and even more important, to react in the right ways that they should, that they're programmed to do. So because it's important for how we make proteins, a deficiency can lead to slow wound healing and slow recovery from surgery. It also can lead to strong, slow recovery from sports and increased um, susceptibility to injuries. Zinc deficiency can also lead to anemia, um, which directly affects our energy. You, you can see um, also uh, scaly rashes, such as eczema, and zinc deficiency can lead to hair loss. It can be an issue for impotence and fertility in both um, men and in women. And if a woman is pregnant, zinc is really critical for a healthy baby. Um, another nutrient that's key uh, for the energy cycle is alpha-lipoic acid. Now, in addition to making the energy wheels turn, alpha-lipoic acid is an important nutrient when there's numbness and tingling of the nerves, which, is, which I see really commonly. So high doses are needed here. Um, alpha-lipoic acid can also be a factor in diabetes. So if you see that combination of symptoms, that can be part of your low energy. Um, why don't we take a break here? There are so many more nutrients involved, and I really want to talk more about this energy in the, uh, in the mitochondria. And uh, we'll be right back after this break.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Healthy Wealthy You will help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. We'll explore all aspects of well-being, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness, mental health, relationships, family, work, finances. It's you living your best life. No matter what your current health or life obstacles, we want to help you cross that bridge to your new life. Our experience with food, nutrition, supplements, functional medicine, specific health issues, and every aspect of what it means to be truly healthy will provide something for every level of interest, bringing new twists on what you already know. We'll help you figure out why you haven't achieved your goals and learn strategies to help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. If you have questions for Dr. Camille or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now, back to the show with Dr. Camille. Hi there. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. And today we're talking about energy, how to have great energy, and more importantly, how a functional medicine doctor would look at energy. Um, trying to give you a roadmap and, and kind of an idea of how functional medicine approaches a big global problem like this. So we're talking about the mitochondria. We're talking about the energy powerhouse of the cell and the chemical reaction that cycles um, in the mitochondria and all the nutrients that go into keeping that cycle moving. So the next nutrient is a common one, and it's one of the few that the the doctors are willing to test for, um, and that's iron. And iron deficiency anemia is quite well known, so I won't go into it a whole lot. Um, It's definitely a standard test that you can get if you ask. Um, Iron is important for building up your red blood cells and the ability of those cells to carry and deliver oxygen and nutrition. Now, a key thing to know about iron that I do want to mention is that it's easy to get too much. 
and getting too much can be a concern. For example, it can block your abilities, your body's ability to absorb vitamin C. So the right amount is important here. Now, along with iron is an antioxidant that's one of my very favorite nutrients, and that is glutathione. In fact, we're going to talk about a lot about this in a few weeks when we have our show on cellular regeneration. Glutathione is an important antioxidant, and antioxidants prevent oxidation. The most commonly seen form of, oxida- uh, of oxidation is when we see metal rust. So you can think of antioxidants as nutrients that keep our bodies from rusting. Now, glutathione is important for immunity. So if you're having a hard time recovering your energy after an illness, this can be a key nutrient. It also helps our recovery from sports. So if you feel wiped out for a long time after a workout, or you're an athlete who gets sick often, particularly after you do more endurance exercise, then this could be important. Um, It's a great nutrient for stamina and endurance, even if your sport is just running after your three-year-old. So since it's an important nutrient for cellular regeneration, it's a key to healthy aging. Now, if you look in the mirror and you look older than your chronological age, then perhaps glutathione is a potential issue for you and a potential solution. The last nutrient that we want to discuss here is a trace mineral, manganese. Now, that's not usually something on our radar, but it is important for making the energy cycle turn. Manganese deficiency can lead to poor bone growth especially in children. And of course, that means osteoporosis and osteopenia in older adults as well. Um, Manganese deficiency can lead to poor wound healing and premature graying of the hair. There can be issues with diabetes. There can be nerve issues such as epilepsy. It can lead to rashes. It can increase PMS pain and mood issues. And in pregnancy, there can be issues with fetal development. Now, again, we have to be careful here because magnesium is a trace mineral. We need even less of it than we need iron. So only small amounts are needed um, and we wanna be careful not to overdo. So these are the nutrients that can make the energy wheels turn. Um, But we also wanna look at some of the issues that can create roadblocks. And some of the roadblocks can come as a result of heavy metals. And um, these are ones that interfere with the cycle. So for example, um, one of the main ones is mercury. Now, mercury uh, can come from eating fish, particularly large fish such as tuna. And a lot of people eat tuna quite regularly. So that can be an issue for energy. Um, we also can get exposed to mercury from the burning of gasoline. So if you sit in traffic a lot, that can be an issue. Mercury can come from poorly filtered water because we can absorb it in the byproducts of all kinds of chemical and industrial waste. So that can be an issue if you live in an industrial area. Um, Mercury can come from forest fires and 
if you happen to live in Hawaii or someplace like that, from volcanic ash. Um, Now, with mercury, in addition to low energy, um, toxicity uh, can lead to irritation of the eyes and skin, um, irritation of the stomach, uh, could cause cough and chest pain, difficulty breathing. Um, If it gets into our nervous system, which is really common, um, it can cause insomnia and irritability. Um, We can have problems with decision-making. It can lead to headaches, weakness, um, even weight loss. Now, another heavy metal that we don't think about as often is arsenic. Arsenic issues can include nausea, um, abdominal pain and diarrhea, numbness, and tingling of the extremities, um, as well as muscle cramping. Um, We might see uh, energy blockage coming from aluminum. So that's particularly an issue if you drink a lot of canned soda or canned beer. Um, With aluminum, we can see memory issues and dementia particularly. So um, if you live in an industrial environment or you have a lot of um, excessive exposure, that's definitely something I would test and check out. Um, A heavy metals test can let you know if this is an issue you need to address or not. And it's really worth knowing whether it's an issue because detoxing heavy metals is not an easy thing. It might need to be done in stages gradually over time. So definitely test and definitely get it checked out before you embark on that. Um, So once we've looked at things in the mitochondria at the energy cycle level, then we can draw back and look at the bigger picture because it's not just what we do with the oxygen and nutrients, but we can also look at whether we're getting sufficient amounts of oxygen and nutrients. Okay, so we know, everybody knows exercise is important. And I talked about some of the lesser known effects of oxygen in our first show. Um, Now, there can be some things getting in the way. And so it's worth revisiting. We want to look at how is our breathing? Do we have clogged sinuses, for example? Do we need to address allergies? That can be pretty basic. Maybe we have... um, um, some issues with our, our, our sinus passages, opening up our nasal passages, and a craniosacral therapist can help with that, can help with drainage and open things up. We also would want to look at our lung capacity. We want to loosen up the diaphragm. We want to fix those hunched shoulders that we get from sitting at a computer all day. We want to get the chest muscles nice and relaxed. Someone who's well-trained in biomechanics can help with that. Just getting a good massage can be helpful. And along with that, regular stretching or yoga to loosen you up and help you keep loose. All of these things can help you get more benefit, more oxygen out of the exercise that you do. And remember with exercise, efficiency matters. The more fit you are, the easier it is to be fit and stay fit. So we always have to start somewhere, but remember that exercise does have a lot of momentum. Um, I, 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 this made such an impression on me. I, I have a friend who's in his 50s and he runs two miles pretty much every day. 
And one day I was visiting him and we were working on a project and he asked me if, if I would mind if we took a break so that he could go for his run. Well, he went off and, you know, I just checked my email, did whatever. And in 20 minutes, he was back. And that made such an impression on me because I had barely noticed that 20 minutes go by and he had just done a whole workout. By contrast, you know, back then I would drive to the gym, I would do my swim, then I would need to warm up after my swim in the sauna, et cetera, et cetera. And it would be several hours. So from that experience, I really got the insight that I needed to learn to be smarter and more efficient with my workouts. Next on my energy list is it's about oxygen and nutrients. So it's it's about digestion. So, and remember, it's not just what we eat, it's also what we absorb and what we use. So a thorough digestive test can be helpful here. We want to know, for example, that we have adequate stomach acid to break down our food. We want to know that we have the right enzymes. We want to know that we have all the good bacteria we need to digest our food properly and that there aren't a lot of bad bacteria getting in the way. But even with all of that, there's a lot that you can do even without testing. So we need to set the stage for good digestion. And we don't do that in modern life. Ancient medicines such as Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine talks about the importance of eating food at regular times. So why is that important? Well, because if we eat a meal every day at noon, then our body clock starts to get our digestion ready for that. We start producing saliva to break down the carbohydrates. We start producing stomach acid. Our pancreas and our small intestine starts to produce enzymes. So when the food comes, we're ready and we can digest it properly. Then there's the issue of whether the enzymes can, that we produce can be effective in our body. Again, our Vedic and Chinese medicine tell us that eating warm foods is important. This has been talked about for thousands of years. Why would that be important? Well, digestion is dependent on enzymes, and enzymes need to work at body temperature. All enzymes are heat dependent. So if we have an ice cold drink with our meal, or for even some people who are really sensitive, I've even seen that just eating cold food, sandwiches and salads can make a difference, and enzymes might not work optimally. Our, uh, at least our digestion might be sluggish and slow because we need to take time to rewarm everything after our cold Coca-Cola. So that can give us bloating and digestion. So how we eat, the circumstances of how we eat can make a big difference to our energy and our nutrition. Now, many of us are even missing a more important part of that digestive process. And, and part of getting ready to digest our food are the, the experience of the smells. The smell and taste are deeply related senses. That's why food often tastes exactly the way it smells. And the smells are part of getting us ready. We smell food and it makes our mouths water. We might even start to feel hungry, even if we didn't feel hungry a few minutes ago, and that's because our stomach acid was being triggered. And we miss that in our society. 
We take a sandwich out of the fridge at work and it was cooked by someone else, maybe yesterday, and it has almost no smell. And then we just eat it down at a random time before our stomach is prepared. And in 15 minutes, we go on to something else. That leads to a completely different digestive experience than smelling the food as it's being cooked, anticipating it, chewing it slowly as we talk to family and friends, and then sitting and relaxing over the meal as we digest. So I've actually had patients come to me with digestive issues that solve their problems just by changing the way they ate their meals. A few of them even canceled their second appointments, just telling me, like, you just solved it in one visit. I don't even need to come in again. So please don't underestimate how important these factors can be. Now, good digestion brings us to our next subject, which is good sleep. And we talked about sleep in our first visit. Um, If our brains are not nourished, we can't sleep well. Um, Our blood sugar might be too low and our brains are on alert all night. Or maybe we're on the other side of the spectrum and we're processing too many calories from our dinner. Our digestion is too active and we can't rest. If we had a lot of carbs at dinner, we might be bathing our brains in acetaldehyde, that chemical cousin of formaldehyde that we talked about. And if we had alcohol, our bodies are processing the alcohol and we might not even be accessing our nutrition at all. Now, beyond the nourishment to our brains, we also talked about stress and cortisol issues. So I mentioned a product, Cortisol Manager, that helps dampen down that cortisol, that stress response at night to help us sleep. And that's particularly important if you are waking up at three in the morning and you're waking up startled and you can't go back to sleep. We can also, to to strengthen our adrenals and help their functioning, we can take adaptogens in the morning. And these can be really important supports for energy. Now, you want to be thoughtful about adaptogens and choose the right ones. For example, red ginseng, also known as Chinese or Korean ginseng, is one of the most famous. But honestly, I don't use it very much. It's too strong for most people, and it leads to high blood pressure, and it can be too stimulating. It can lead to anxiety or anger. Siberian ginseng can be more moderate. It's a mid-range adaptogen. It can build the adrenals, but not excessively. It helps stamina and resistance to stress, and it helps the immune system. American ginseng is very cooling and moistening, and it's excellent for building female hormones, particularly estrogen. Ashwagandha is another one. It helps stress and anxiety, And there's some evidence that it can help with depression. It's a great, great one for athletes. It helps with stamina, muscle strength, oxygenation, and recovery from sports. It's it's been useful to boost testosterone and DHEA. It can even help low sperm count and sperm motility. And it's been helpful with type 2 diabetes. It's helpful with brain function including executive function, attention, reaction time, performance on cognitive tasks, 
memory, and information processing speed. Tulsi, which is also known as holy basil, is seen to help regulate um, metabolic syndrome. So it can help um, modulate diabetes, high cholesterol, and high blood pressure. And it can help reduce body mass index. It can help you lose weight. As a result of this, it may be considered useful in reducing heart disease. Um, It lessens inflammation and particularly in the lungs. So it can help asthma and it helps our brains. It helps attention, memory, and resistance to stress. Rhodiola is another adaptogen, and it's been used for centuries in Scandinavia and Russia. It helps resistance to cold. It helps resistance to stress, and it helps people come back from burnout. It's good for anxiety, depression, and fatigue, and it helps concentration and memory. It can help muscle strength, stamina, and recovery from exercise. So these adaptogens can all help boost your energy, um, and they're especially good in the morning to get your day going. So let's take another break here, and we'll come back with some more ways to that how functional medicine approaches energy. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Healthy Wealthy You will help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. We'll explore all aspects of well-being, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness, mental health, relationships, family, work, finances. It's you living your best life. No matter what your current health or life obstacles, we want to help you cross that bridge to your new life. Our experience with food, nutrition, supplements, functional medicine, specific health issues, and every aspect of what it means to be truly healthy will provide something for every level of interest, bringing new twists on what you already know. We'll help you figure out why you haven't achieved your goals and learn strategies to help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Resiliency is the human capacity to lean into individual and collective strengths with compassion and grit when faced with the challenges of lived experience. Join host Elaine miller Karras for Resiliency Within, a program of hope and healing designed to inspire you to integrate wellness into your life, your family, and your community. In challenging times, you'll want to tune in every week. Resiliency Within can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. If you have questions for Dr. Camille or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now, back to the show with Dr. Camille. Welcome back. This is Dr. Camille, and today we're looking at functional medicine approaches to healthy energy. So we've already looked at all the easy stuff, the stuff that for the most part you can try on your own. And I've very specifically mentioned a few cases where you need to be a little more careful with things like red ginseng or too much iron. But everything we've looked at so far, um, you know, are things that if you resonate with them, you know, I, I feel comfortable saying on the radio, you could give it a try. Um, but of course, there are a lot more reasons for low energy. And a lot of them are things that really need more testing and really need more diagnosis. And, and you would probably need to really work with someone, um, hopefully a functional medicine doctor, to figure out what those are. Um because we want to really look more deeply at things. We want to rule out any complex issues, any any diseases. You don't want to overlook anything or dismiss anything as just, oh, I'm tired and I'm too tired to deal with being tired and I will deal with it tomorrow. So um, do make sure that you, you get things checked out. So um, what are these more complex issues? So one of the first ones, um, are the possibilities of infections. We could be looking at viral infections, um, bacterial infections, yeast infections like molds. Um, viral infections, of course, are a really big issue these days. And COVID is a particular, uh, particularly important one because in the United States alone, there have been 103 million cases of COVID so far. And it's estimated that about somewhere between 8 to 11% of those people um, have had long COVID. Um, and some of them, you know, long COVID might just be a few months, but, but there are some that are persistent even now for a couple of years. So you want to look at whether that is an issue. And that is something that is definitely something you want to work with a practitioner now, one of the things that's been really interesting about long COVID when I have treated um, people with long COVID is that I notice that the, that COVID often triggers other existing low-grade um, viral infections or things that, that maybe hadn't evidenced themselves until COVID came along. And one of the most common is uh, virus uh, called Epstein-Barr virus or EBV. And um, Epstein-Barr virus is very highly implicated in what we call chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, originally, uh, it was called chronic fatigue syndrome, but then that sort of got dismissed a lot by people as being less serious because everybody said, well, we're all tired. Everybody's tired. And they didn't really understand what a serious condition chronic fatigue syndrome was. So sometimes it's not called CFS, it's called CFIDS, which is 
chronic fatigue immune deficiency syndrome, and it is a viral infection. And it's very important in the context of COVID because I've been noticing a lot when I test that people who do not recover from COVID um, do have an underlying Epstein-Barr infection as well. And then you have to treat both viruses, and that is a very serious matter. So if you are someone out there who has not recovered well from COVID, please do check it out and see if that's an issue. Now, one of the things that you'll really notice with Epstein-Barr is that it's not just fatigue. It's this, first of all, wired tired syndrome where you can't really rest either. So your head hits the pillow and suddenly you're really wired, but you're too tired to get up. You try to get up and you can't really do anything. Um, but then as soon as you lie down again, you feel too wired to sleep. So here people are so tired, but they might only get two or three hours sleep a night. Um, or they just, they wake up just feeling trash. They don't feel rested. Um, with Epstein-Barr, there are a lot of neurological symptoms. There are issues with memory loss. There are issues with, with actually, like, you don't even remember what you were going to say halfway through your sentence, um, your mind just goes blank, like somebody just pressed the reset on a computer. Um, um, you'll, you'll see a lot of language disorders, a lot of memory disorders, um, a lot of speech issues with Epstein-Barr virus. Um, so we can also look at other viruses as to why you would be tired. Um, hepatitis, even undiagnosed HIV. So these are all very serious things. So if you have persistent and chronic um, energy issues, please do get that checked out because that has to be treated. Now, we might also see chronic low-grade bacterial infections. They might be something that you don't even take that seriously, like, oh, my you know, I have yet another sinus infection. But do address this because um, if your immune system is constantly on alert, if you're not breathing well, um, if you're always fighting a bacterial infection, um, it is something that needs to be addressed. You can have bacterial infections in the skin. Um, anything where you have redness, swelling, pain is going to be a uh, an indication of a bacterial infection. And these are all things that are draining your energy, draining your body, so they need to be addressed. Um, molds can be a big issue. If your house is moldy, then probably mold is in your body and your, your body has got to fight that. So do take a look at that, have your house tested, run a lab test on yourself for molds, um, and work with a mold expert. This is, it's a very, it's, that is a very persistent and difficult thing to get rid of. So you really want to address that. Um, other issues that can be challenging your energy are um, underlying autoimmune issues. If you have um, any kind of chronic issue like um, like lupus or, or rheumatoid arthritis or something like that, that's constantly draining your energy. Part of what happens in an autoimmune disease is that your, your immune system is revved 24-7, including at night, and it can absolutely interfere with sleep, uh, with the quality of sleep, how well rested you feel. Um, 
how much energy it drains out from your body during the day and and how much energy you have left over for other things. Um, you want to look at um, undiagnosed um, organ issues. You know, how is your kidney function? Are you, are you perhaps um, not detoxifying your body well? Are you building up a lot of poisons in your system um, that you're unable to handle? Um, you want to look at liver issues. Um, you want to even, even look um, at the possibility of undiagnosed cancers. So um, I, cannot, I cannot say strongly enough that there are simple reasons why we might have problems with energy, but there are more complex issues as to why we um, might have energy. There might, we absolutely have to find the disease processes that are going on. Now, above and beyond that, the next issue that, that a functional medicine doctor would look at would be genetics, because if all else has been checked out, if every other avenue has been checked out, inflammation, immunity, nutrition, then maybe there's something really special about you um, that needs to be looked at. So a functional medicine doctor could, could take a look at your genetics and your body's own special needs because it, it, quite, it can be quite different. Um, for each person. It could have to do with um, how much of a certain nutrient you, your body needs. It can have to do with how your body makes proteins, how you detoxify. All of these factors that I have been discussing um, can have uh, special underlying effects that you definitely want to address um, if you're if you're having issues. So I hope this has given you a bit of an idea as to how functional medicine um, would approach these problems. And keep in mind that these are the kinds of approaches that we would have to any condition that you might come in with. Um, so so whether it's energy or whether it's something else, we want to look at these different. Um, um, methodical approaches, and we want to look at the underlying biochemistry. And that's, I think, one of the things about medicine today is they're not looking enough at normal functioning. They're not looking at what supports your body. And and that's that's absolutely one. What we want to do is look at the normal functioning before we just drug you or or something like that. So, um, in closing, I just I just want to leave leave you with um, with a, a message, uh, a quote from Henry David Thoreau, and that is, "The price of anything is the amount of life that you exchange for it." So, when you're thinking about your life, thinking about your energy, I want you to have good energy at the end of the day. I want you to be trading your time for good things, healthy things, things that move you forward and help you live your best life. So this is Dr. Camille, and this is Healthy Wealthy You, and I hope you have a wonderful, healthy, energetic week. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Healthy Wealthy You. 
Have a question but weren't able to get on the show today? Join us next week and call in. Until then, hold that inspiration. Inspiration.